Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Last week, I talked to you about the United States Department of Education's policy documents. And the response that I got from you guys was so overwhelming that I actually bumped an episode that I had to do for you this week that was on behavior supports and I scooched this one in front of it. So today I'm gonna to be talking to you about three different websites that I personally use all the time for special education research. For research on like the real nitty gritty of practice and also some research on advocacy strategies, advocacy tools, best practices, etc. So, you know, I oftentimes tell people in special education that you have to be an expert on negotiation. You have to be an expert on advocacy skills, communication, and that sort of thing. And then you also have to know a fair amount about special education teaching practices and the research that supports them, particularly as it applies to your particular child. So if your child, for example, has a specific learning disability, then it's super helpful if you can research the teaching strategies that would support your child so that you have an opinion and can make, you know, kind of developed guesses or hypotheses about different strategies that would work, educated guesses, right? The same thing would apply as, a, you know, to children that have cognitive deficits, like my Jack has Down syndrome and he has a cognitive disability. And so it's super helpful for me to know what the research says about educating students with cognitive disabilities in the general education classroom as it applies to speech and all of those different things. And so, and you're gonna hear the ding of my iPad and that's because I am using my iPad in today's podcast. And for whatever reason, maybe you could help me learn how to turn off the volume. But if the phone rings or if I get a text message or whatever, and my iPad is active, then it dings and I can't help it. Now you're also gonna hear Coco panting because I pet her. And so I'm gonna stop that and hopefully she'll get bored and walk away. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. So you have to kind of be an expert on those things. And by expert, I mean, okay, we don't want to be experts and we don't want to tell the school people that we are experts unless we truly are, but we need to be intimately familiar with what the research says and what experts in the field are saying so that we can have educated discussions and be equal partners in that IEP team and the IEP decision making. You know, so oftentimes parents say to me, oh, they need to listen to me because I'm mom. And I'm like, well, what value are you bringing? You know, yes, you're bringing the value of what happens in home and in the community, absolutely. But if you want for the school team to trust your opinion and to actually listen to what you have to say about teaching methodologies and placement and the nitty gritty of what happens at school, it's important that you are knowledgeable about those things as well. 
And so what I have for you today is I have three different websites that will give you some insight into that nitty gritty stuff that happens at school. And of course, yes, I will also give you some information about how to advocate and communicate and to be an active member in the IEP team. And so we are going to start today with Rights Law. Surely you know about rightslaw.com. We spell it W-R-I-G-H-T-S. L-A-W. Rights Law was developed by Pete Wright, who has been on the podcast. I am thrilled that I can call Pete a friend. Pete puts on the Institute of Special Education Advocacy. Um, this year it is moving from the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, down to a different university in San Antonio, Texas. I have participated in ISEA as a student, and then as an alum, and then as a faculty member. It's a fantastic training. I think it's probably like a 30-hour training. It maybe runs from like a Wednesday to a Sunday. But before ISEA existed, Rights Law existed. So Rights Law Pete has drafted very many books and other resources. Pete tried the Shannon Carter case in front of the United States Supreme Court, and that kind of launched him into this world of providing resources and special education to families. Part of that is this website. And so the website is a wonderful, wonderful resource for parents and for other IEP team members. And so I wanted to highlight a couple of things on the website that I think are particularly helpful. Now, if you have not signed up to be to receive the newsletter from Rights Law, absolutely do that when you get to the website because the newsletter provides really good case law updates. Pete Wright reads special education cases. He must read them for hours per day because he'll provide in the in the newsletter in particular updates to important cases, but also cases that you know aren't making special education news elsewhere. They can be super duper helpful and you get just like a little highlight. You don't have to keep up to date with your particular jurisdiction yourself. The thing that I think is the most helpful in the Rights Law website is the search box. So right now in September of 2022, that search box is in the top right corner. Super duper helpful. You can type in inclusion or least restrictive environment. By the way, when you're searching, if you want to search a, a multi word phrase, like least restrictive environment, put that in quotes, because otherwise you're going to get every article on this entire site that has the word least the worst restrictive or the worst the the word environment what you want is you want every article with the phrase least restrictive environment so put that entire phrase in quotes and then you're going to get everything with that that's the way that we search on legal search tools so in that search box you can type in whatever you want to type in whatever you're looking for dyslexia if you type in dyslexia for example i'm going to do it while i'm talking to you you are going to get 4710 results right that's too many and so you know you might want to do dyslexia and orton gillingham or something like that to try to kind of narrow your search whatever you're looking for but you can search that way i use a search box on rights law probably twice a week in my own practice. There's also a spot, a topic in the main part of this website that's called Hot Topics. 
And the hot topics will rotate in and out as things come in and out. Sometimes it's a case law review, sometimes it's a new article or a new kind of trend, sometimes it's new OSEP guidance like we talked about last week, but this hot topics can be a really great source of information as well. So I highly recommend that you check out the hot topics. Pete Raid himself does a training program, speaking engagements, and he will post those. Currently, they are on the left-hand side in the column. As you know, I have a new job as the Director of Education at the National Down Syndrome Congress, and Pete is doing a training with NDSC in Atlanta on October 27th that I will be at. That'll be, I think, probably my first uh, travel gig conference that I will be doing for NDSC. I'm super excited about that to get started. I officially start on October 3rd, by the way, but also to see Pete and to go to his, what he calls his one-day trainings, because they are super duper helpful. What he does at those is he kind of walks you through the law, highlighting on the the topics, like the headers in the actual federal IDEA statute. And he gives you little tidbits along the way, which are super helpful. And then Pete also has on the currently on the left hand side of the website, there is a column that is called topics. And in that you can click on topics that are relevant in special education. So, you know, it starts off with advocacy. You could just click on advocacy and you're gonna get articles and information about special education advocacy. There's one called ADHD, allergy, and anaphylaxis. Skipping down a little bit, there's a whole thing on ESY, future planning, law school and clinics. So, you know, maybe you want to go to law school. There's a whole thing on, on law school and special education clinics. There's one on mediation. There's one on reading. So you can click on these specific topics and read, you know, whatever you need to read. I always talk about that weekend that I came home um, when Jack was in preschool and they said, we can't educate him here. And this is the first thing I did. I went on rightslaw.com and I clicked on the, the link that it's probably either inclusion or least restrictive environment. I'm looking right now. LRE slash inclusion. And I read probably every single article because I went deep, deep, deep into the black hole of research in order to figure out what I needed to do to advocate for Jack to be in an inclusive environment. And by George, it worked. And so... Rights Law is super duper helpful. The last thing that I'll kind of do, which is probably a plug that Pete would appreciate, is he does have all of his books for sale on his website, and he has a couple of video trainings that are available on his website as well. So Rights Law is kind of like the bee's knees. It is the, the parent's superstore, and I highly recommend that you go to Rights Law. Okay, so that's the first online resource. The next one is the Ties Center. The Ties Center is an organization that is run through the University of Minnesota's College of Education and Human Development Department. Human Development Institutes or departments or centers are oftentimes housed in universities. You've probably heard of USEDs or SPINs. Human Development Institutes are similar to those organizations. Typically, those organizations are studying developmental disabilities or you know, people with cognitive impairments, people 
people with learning differences at the university level. So they all have kind of different, different purposes, whether it is a human development center or it is a USED, which is a university center for excellence in developmental disabilities, UCEDD here at the University of Cincinnati, which is local to me. We have the UC, you said, because it's University of Cincinnati. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it. University Center of Excellence in Developmental Disabilities. <laughs> That's a lot, but we have UC, you said, which I always think is funny. And then SPIN, which is a parent network, you know, information for parents. And so, you know, depending on what your state has, your state might have a combination. I'm really lucky where I live. We have our you said at the University of Cincinnati, Kentucky, spin is pretty helpful. Our ACLU does a lot for um, people with developmental and other learning differences, developmental disabilities and other learning dis disabilities. And the University of Kentucky's Human Development Institute is one of the more highly regarded ones in the country. So we're really lucky locally. But we are all really lucky in the country because and elsewhere, honestly, because uh, Organizations like the Thai Center put this stuff out on the internet, which helps significantly. So I recommend a lot of the resources that are available on the Thai's Center's website. It's Thai's, T-I-E-S, center.org. And Thai's stands for, t the T is time in general education, the I is instructional effectiveness, the E is engagement, and the S is support. So the Thai Center focuses a lot on inclusive education. I really, really, really like the Thai's Center's website. And in fact, I go to, I think I've probably said this before on the podcast, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I am, last year I watched more TV than I probably ever have. And so as an aside, I just asked Brandon this weekend when like the fall seasons roll out for all these Netflix and Apple TV shows that he got me watching. And he's like, there is no fall season. They just do them when they're ready. And I was like, oh, I've been waiting for like the morning show, which I really like and Ted Lasso and, and my shows, Emily in Paris, which I watched when I was sick with COVID and I probably don't remember any of it. And he was like, well, they'll come out, you know, it's just like in the fall. And I'm like, well, I'm ready. I'm ready. So because I don't watch, I used, I used to not watch a ton of TV. This is stuff that I'll read at night, you know, like even just lying down in my bed, I'll go to tycenter.org and see if there's any new resources up there. And typically there is and I can read you know a two or three page article about inclusion or something that you know helps me at, at work and helps me with my own family situation at home supporting Jack and so what's available on the ties center website I've got my little thing here and Coco's bothering me again okay so the first thing I want to highlight is there are professional learning courses that are available. So right now, if you went to the Thai Center again, it's September of 2022, there's one that's called AAC in the Inclusive Classroom. So this is something that I advocate for a lot for my students is the use of an AAC device that of course stands for Augmentative Alternative Communication, which, you know, we sometimes call a talker. And so there is a training on how to support students that have AACs in the classroom 
And to the extent that it isn't covered in this in this session, a question that I would ask is, what if a student doesn't have a talker and has expressive language? How could an AAC device support an inclusive environment for them? Because I do that a lot. Jack has a talker at school, and a lot of times he's using it just to talk about how he feels. Because if he gets dysregulated and he's feeling kind of crummy about something, then they'll push out the talker, uh, or they'll put out the talker so that he can express himself because when he's dysregulated, he kind of loses a lot of that expressive language. We also used to talk her, by the way. I could go on and on about talkers as I did when I had Miss, Miss Lucy from the Alternative Way to Pre-K on the podcast. But we also used talkers for him for motor planning. He misses a lot of like high frequency words and sentences. So he misses articles and oftentimes even prepositions and uh, articles, prepositions and pronouns. So like, we are going to the park, he might just say, go to park. <laughs> and so he knows that the sentence is, we are going to the park. And if we get out as talker, he's more likely to hit everything and to get the sentence because it slows him down and it makes him think about the way that the sentence is actually formed. And so we used it for the motor planning that's included in expressive language. So the first thing on the Tice Center website that I want to highlight is the professional learning opportunities, which are probably geared more towards teachers, but would be super helpful for parents to go to as well. And if you are a teacher, you can get continuing education credits for those. Then there's also really helpful articles. And like I said, this is what I'm listening to or reading when I am lying in bed at night. I know I live a very exciting life here at the Barlow household. So right now there's one that is on the first page that's called Creating Communities of Belonging for Students with Significant Cognitive Disabilities. You know, in a lot of DEI initiatives, um, people are, are using the, or adding a B to that DEI, D-E-I-B, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And so this is an article that kind of, I think, focuses on the B. And what it really is talking about is how to create a sense of belonging for students that have significant cognitive disabilities and are educated for a large portion of the day in their general education classroom. I, it's got this like beautiful, I have not read this article yet. I just pulled it up today so that I could make the podcast really fresh. I bookmarked it so that I can go back and read it for you uh, or read it for myself. But it has this really beautiful kind of like cog looking visual with all these different things that need to be included for a student to feel belonging in their environment. And I did think it was worth reading. So again, I bookmarked that one. Another article is called the Comprehensive Inclusive Education Guide, Ed, and the Inclusive IEP article. Oh man, that one sounds good. So it's the Comprehensive Inclusive Education Guide, and then I've got colon, Gen Ed, and the Inclusive IEP. Now that sounds like one that would be super duper good, and that one's a little bit longer, so it is going to be more comprehensive. Like what do we need in an IEP in order to make it really inclusive? Uh, 
that inclusive IEP article I loved in my inclusion workshop that's available all the time to download on my website. It's about an hour and a half of video content and a really nice workbook. At the end, we really talk about practical strategies to advocate for inclusion. And one of those practical strategies is to go through the student's day and to see where we can provide inclusive experiences and then where it might be better for if the child's going to have some push out services or pull out services than to see where those pull-out services might fit in nicely during that daily schedule. And this particular article goes through a student's day and it it kind of like references where certain goals could be plugged in. So like where we could work on a transition goal or where we could work on, um, and transition could be either <laughs> transition to a new activity or transition to adulthood. It means two different things in special education or where we could work on maybe a task completion goal or where we can work on obviously a math goal and those kinds of things. It's super interesting. And I think this goal would be awesome if you're advocating for inclusion and they're saying like, we don't know where we would put it during the school day. If you read this and you kind of get the gist of how it's done in practice, then you could help the school team kind of troubleshoot their own apprehension. And again, like this is kind of a good example that so many times in advocacy, what we are doing is we are helping teams consider things that they have never considered before. So, you know, Oftentimes we want to say, well, the team's really hesitant to do this. And it might just be because they don't have experience. And so if they don't have experience, we can learn about how the experience could go well, how the child's experience or the educational experience could go well. And then we can, you know, be a thought leader basically and say, you know, I read this article and I think this article kind of matches up what I'm thinking about doing. And this is how it seems to work in other schools where inclusion is working well or where, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you're asking for is working well. And so maybe we could all read this article before we reconvene. And that can be really, really, really powerful because you don't know you aren't a teacher. You know, you aren't seeing it. I'm not a teacher anymore. I saw it when I was teaching, but it's been a few years since I was in the classroom. And so I oftentimes will rely on things that I've read in my advocacy. So those kind of real practical how-tos can be super helpful. And those, again, are available on TiesCenter.org. So again, T-I-E-S Center.org. Okay, so we've talked about rights law, we've talked about the Thai Center, and now, oh, hang on, before I move away from the Thai Center, I was going to tell you, oh, hang on, do I only have two? <laughs> oh no, what if I've goofed and I only have two websites for you? I think I do. That's okay, I remember why. I was going to do three. I planned this last night and now I remember why I only did two. And that is because I wanted to talk to you a lot about the search box that's available on the Thai Center. So the search box, you can type in whatever you want to type in on thaicenter.org. But in addition to that, you can go down and also on the Thai Center, there is a box where you can click on topics. It's at the top of the Thai Center's website and the topics that are listed there are communicate, communicative support, inclusive leadership and systems change, peer engagement, inclusive instruction, 
and positive behavior supports. And so if, for example, you were to click on, you know, communicative supports, you're going to see that there are two different dropdowns. There's one that's called communicative, communicative supports overview. Try to say that three times fast. And then there's also something called a ties 101 communication supports in the inclusive class. And so you kind of can search by topic just like you can on rights law, but you get these really kind of like targeted supports. If you click on inclusive leadership and systems change, which so many of us want, you can get an overview. There is a webinar series on systems change, which a lot of people really, really want. There is inclusive leadership series, a video journal on that. And then there's an inclusive leadership series video clip library as well, where you can just kind of go through and look at video clips because the Thai Center will oftentimes put videos up on the website. And so these are kind of highlights from videos that they've posted in the past. The thing that I wanted to point out about this, I now remember, and this is why I didn't want to do a third website, is that these systems change webinars are something that I recommend oftentimes to my clients. Because in my particular practice, and when I'm you know working as a special education attorney, people are paying me hourly. And so I usually say to my clients, listen, I think that you can only advocate for your one child. And if systems change, throughout the entire state or throughout your entire district or even at your little bitty school, wonderful. But if you bear the weight of the world and if you pay me to bear the weight of the world, you are going to be poor and stressed out. <laughs> and it's just that simple. So I recommend that you advocate for your child and you get through this particular stressful situation for your child. And then next, if you want to effect systematic change, that you go to the TIE Center and you look at their entire tab that is on systematic change. So if you really want to advocate for systems change, you know, a lot of people in dyslexia communities, for example, want to fix the way that their district is educating people with specific learning disabilities, then I recommend that you go to this tab and you really kind of dive into this tab and you look at the resources and you get trained on how to effect systematic change and then you move forward. And you know, it, there's multiple ways to do that. I went to something going back to ISEA, the rates law training. There is a, a person that's often on the faculty. His name is Jim Comstock Galligan and Jim does a wonderful thing about systematic change by filing state complaints. So that's just one way that you can affect systematic change. But I think this is a great way to do that and to train yourself so that then you can hit the road and really start to affect change systematically as opposed to just for your one particular child. So that's what I wanted to highlight on the Thai Center's website. Oh, I'm sorry I promised you three websites and then I got halfway through. My brain is on overload and so you're just going to have to bear with me here. Okay, I will see you next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I think I did promise you that we would start to have more guests on, as you know now. It has been a really busy summer with all of us getting COVID and kind of pushing everything back, but now the secret's out of the bag because I've accepted this new position with NDSC, and you know that I have been working really hard to wrap up a lot of things at my law 
firm. I had 85 active clients on my roster when I was approached about taking this job. I, I don't know, it was like a five or six week kind of figure out between NDSC and me to, you know, figure out if this would work for both of us. And so I've been trying to whittle down from 85 and my goal is to have between five or 10, five and 12 active clients at a time at the law firm. So as you can imagine, I've been doing a lot. That's why things are a little scattered, why I haven't been super present or consistent on social media, but we're chugging right along and I officially transitioned to the new job on October 3rd and then hopefully we'll be more consistent. But I do have some interviews scheduled and I have some interviews that I've done and they're on the publication um, schedule here. So things will be back to normal before you know it. Thanks for hanging in here with us and I will see you next week. Same time, same place.